Good evening and welcome to tonight's edition of This Is My Story. Boy, do we ever have a treat for you. Our special guest this evening is the person that I like to call the Minister of Fun here at First Baptist Jackson, and that is Miss Amanda Slack, our Director of Children's Ministries here, who does such a phenomenal job with our kids. And I know that you're going to be just so excited to hear her story of how God's been at work in her life. So, Amanda, please tell us your story. Thank you. I will. I'd love to. So I was raised outside of Nashville, Tennessee, and raised in a wonderful Christian home, wonderful loving parents, a younger brother, uh, raised in the church. Um, I became a Christian. I got saved when I was 13, which I know is a little older than a lot of people. I really kind of overthought it a lot and thought that my salvation experience wasn't enough. And I really struggled with that, but the Holy Spirit just kept dealing with me, and I got saved on a when I was 13 and was baptized in a lake um, in wow. outside Nashville yeah. in Gallatin, right. Tennessee. Yeah. We went to a real small church and my church was an important part of my growing up. My mom was like the VBS director and things like that. So I had a wonderful Christian foundation. Um, I went to school in Nashville to high school, an all girls school that I loved, had some great friends, went on to Baylor University and um, majored in early childhood education and elementary education. Knew I wanted to be a teacher. It took me a while to figure that out, but I finally did and um, just had a great life. My life was very easygoing. Everything kind of came easily for me, which <laughs> looking back, it, it, um, some things I probably really took for granted. But I graduated from um, Baylor and then taught school outside of Dallas for a couple of years. It was a great experience. Um, and then moved back to Nashville and went to Vanderbilt for graduate school and met my soon to be husband. And again, everything just kind of trucked along. But it was one of those things where I think I just took life for granted. And I think I took it for granted that my life was always gonna be pretty easy. And I had not really had any major struggles, um, but all that certainly changed. Yeah, yeah. So tell us about the, the change in your life. And Yeah. Um, yeah. So my husband and I had been married and we were having our first baby and he was born very prematurely and really out of the blue, it was kind of unexpected. And that was, gosh, 23 years ago. So back then they didn't really have the technology they do now. And he only lived for 10 days. His name was Caleb. And it was that moment in time, I wanted so desperately for my baby to live. Yeah. I can remember just being there in the hospital, just pleading with God out loud, God, please save his life. And I felt so convicted that I had to say, God, not my will, but yours be done. And for whatever reason, I knew that Caleb's time was just 10 days. It was a really dark time for me. It was our first child and, you know, kind of not knowing what the future held for us. And I really struggled, but through it all, that is when I learned my utmost dependence upon the Lord that I had really, like I said, really taken for granted. I had it pretty easy up until that point. So it was really a turning point in my faith and a turning point in my life. Yeah. How did God guide you through that difficult time? I can't imagine how difficult well, that it Well, really, it was a time, to be honest, I really did take a lot of time for myself. I was teaching school at the time outside of Nashville, but I took a lot of time for myself and I just felt his presence just with me every day to know this is part of your story. I'm going to see you through this. I'm going to guide you through it. And he did so faithfully. So the Holy Spirit was absolutely, absolutely real in your life 100%. as far as giving you a yes. comfort yes. and a peace. Because I really withdrew, to be honest, from a lot of my friends and family. Um, so it was, yes, it was really just a really sweet time with the Lord, just knowing that he had a plan. Yeah. Wow. And no, so, so how did you get to Jackson? Well, um, so we went on, we had another, we had our first, our oldest Noah, who's yeah. 22 yeah. and we had him and 
my husband had been offered a job here um, with a bank that was here back at the time and the people that were supposed to be taking the job declined graciously <laughs> to move to Jackson. And we said, we can go anywhere for two years. Right. So we pulled up, we had been at the beach, we came to Jackson and we got here, I guess it must've been a Sunday and the bells were pealing like it is well with my soul. Oh, right. <laughs> and I thought, okay, God, we can do this. We can, yeah. we can do this. So this is the only church we ever visited. We came here the very next Sunday yeah. and joined a couple months after that and we've been here 22 years. <laughs> so you thought you were coming for two. <laughs> exactly. We told everybody we'll be back in Nashville in two years, but this is now our home and yeah. it's been a precious, precious place. Well, it's been great. Wonderful. And I know life hasn't always been easy here either. No, it has not. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, it's one of those things where things were rolling wrong really smoothly and uh, we then went on to have another child, Joseph, who's now 16. And um, eight years ago, Almost to the day, it was Memorial Day weekend, my husband had a backache and we took him to the hospital and within 24 hours he had passed away. Completely unexpected. He had had some health issues, but nothing at all that um, would ever lead us to think that that would be the case. And it was the most shocking thing that has ever happened. By the grace of God, my kids have both been at my parents' house. They lived on the coast of Alabama at the time. And it was such a God thing because I was never away from my children, honestly. And that weekend, God just had it. And and so it was just the two of us those last days in the hospital. And I, again, didn't know he was that sick. They thought he was going to get better. But it was a sweet time. We actually went through the Red Sea Rules. And it was a really sweet book that I just read aloud to him those last those last hours and then the next morning I got to the hospital and realized something traumatic had happened there in the ER and or the well I guess um, he wasn't in the ER he was in ICU and realized quickly that it was him and that he had passed away very suddenly so that's almost been eight years so but I want to tell you that the first people to come to my rescue were members of this church and they stood beside me telling my children it, it was a day I will just never forget. You know, having to look in the faces at that time, let's say they were eight and 15, and looking in the faces of those boys, thinking, how am I gonna raise two boys on my own, a single parent, and um, it was a, a, a just a devastating moment for us. But the church family came around us so beautifully. I am forever indebted and so grateful. What are some of the ways that the church really ministered to you during that time? Well, the very first morning that happened, I mean, immediately coming off the elevator, you know, they're standing with me, being with me that very first moment, um, t doing things like taking my car back to my house for me, just things I didn't even think of. And then that whole week when we were in our house, just reeling from the news that he passed away at such an early age, they were there 24 seven, I felt like. We said actually, it's kind of like, you know, this, this just group, you don't want to be a part of this sorority, but it's like this sorority group, you know, all of these wonderful, um, friends that were just there and they were there at my every turn. They took care of things I didn't even think about. Um, one, one person I was thinking of was Mr. Shemp. He, his daughter is a great friend of mine and he, every single day that we were there that week making plans and kind of, you know, adjusting to this, what's happened, he would bring baked goods to our house, focaccia bread and cinnamon rolls and, and just something, such a dear act. And there are so many church family, they're, they're just our family, you know, they really are. And they were just there for us at every turn. You never forget those people. Oh, absolutely not. That's right. It has endeared me to all of them. And our bond is so thick because of what they did for us. And sometimes just, 
there's ministry and presence. Absolutely. You know, I, I remember yes. I remember finding out when when my mom died. I was I was 20. Uh, she was yeah. 49 at the yeah. time, and oh, and I remember so I remember coming out from the meeting with the doctor, mm -hmm. saying that it was over. Mm -hmm. And I remember opening those double doors, and the first person I saw was my basketball coach from high school. Oh. And I just, I have never, ever forgotten that. Absolutely. There, there's something to be said about just being there. There's no question. You don't always have to have the yeah, right thing to say. That's exactly right. It's yeah. just your presence. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So it was really a sweet thing. And people have just continued to love and support us. And even though it's been eight years, people still are so kind and so generous to us. And it's just been, oh, it's been beautiful. It really has what the well, church is supposed to be. Single mom. Yeah. I mean, you've you've been through that for the last yeah. several years. Yeah. Boys are great. You know both of your boys, and they're <laughs> awesome. <laughs> they're awesome. Well, we're I'm all day so. today. That's right. right. We're all day today. <laughs> and so, I, I mean, how? What are some of the challenges of, of single motherhood? Wow. And, and how's the church kind of helped yeah. through some of that? Yeah. In a way, it's almost been a blur, you know, to really yeah, look yeah. back because you it's re day. you live yeah. the day. That's yeah. exactly right. At the end of the day, I'm like, thank you, Lord, for another good day. And we've had our ups and downs for sure, but it has been such a sweet bonding time for us. The three of us are very close and they're just my greatest joys. Yeah. And the church has been there so beautifully for them. Yeah. Noah's had some wonderful mentors. Um, Graham Calvert, for instance, yeah. began just almost the day it all happened and some other things Noah had been through and, and Graham was really there for him. And Joseph just continues. We're just all being really loved on and it's been such a sweet thing to see. You referenced that book Red Sea Rules yeah. by Robert Morgan yeah. which is such a great book yeah. and uh, the first time I ever read that book actually was given to me by um, Charlie Boudreaux. Oh right of right, course. I, yeah. I, was, I was pastor at yeah. First Baptist Biloxi oh, wow. and um, Roger Hurricane Katrina yeah. the summit counseling staff came down to First Biloxi. Oh. We had asked them to come and uh, and they met with some of the folks in the congregation yeah. but uh, Dr. Boudreaux met with our deacons and he passed oh, that book out to all the deacons. And if great. you remember, the opening part of that book, the very, it's, it's dedicated to his wife, Katrina. Yes, yeah, oh, right, yes, and I so haven't even thought really about timely. that. Yes, but absolutely. I, I remember one of the things in that book, he talked about, you know, sometimes you just don't know what to do mm -hmm. and you just take the next step. That's absolutely right. And that's kind of what That's you, what you've got to do. And I feel like I'm even still doing that now, eight years later, you yeah. know, just kind of taking the next step for my yeah. family and, yeah. Yeah. But the church has been amazing. Well, that's so super. Yeah. And Summit Counseling is a part of yes, your story. Yes, absolutely. When you said yeah. that, I wanted to say Summit Counseling has been there for us time and time again. Absolutely. I'm a huge fan of counseling. Just having someone else to listen to you and to kind of give you some some um, unbiased and, and godly wisdom. So it's been a blessing for us. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that you, you, you see uh, when you're dealing with people, and, and, and you see elements of that in Scripture, particularly mm -hmm. like with Elijah when he went through a difficult time, but one of the things the enemy wants to do when we go through difficult times is to isolate us. Because mm -hmm. there's just, absolutely he, he has a hold on us when we're isolated mm -hmm. and away from other mm -hmm. people. And so your story is a story of maybe there were times you wanted to be isolated, but how God continued to pursue you and just, you weren't really allowed to be isolated. No, no, this church won't let you be isolated for very long. <laughs> and I'm so thankful for that because I probably did have that tendency to want to withdraw sure. a little bit. But no, they really would. At the time we were in the Connections Sunday School class. We had been in that class in the past and they were so wonderful to us and yeah. worked a lot in the children's ministry and the youth ministry. So it's been a sweet place. Well, this is our were, home. And you were wise by taking advantage of Summit Counseling. I mean, that's such Absolutely. a resource yes. for people. Oh, definitely. It is. Just, yeah. Just set right, up an appointment. Right. Yeah.
Now, let's talk about your call to children's ministry. Yes, which I did not see coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all glad it came. Let me say that. You're very kind. Yeah. I am too. It's been such a sweet blessing. So I, after I, I stayed home with my kids for a while, and then um, I started teaching at First Presbyterian Day School, yeah. which also ministered to us so beautifully. And I taught there for eight years, and um, we were in the process of needing an interim. And I didn't even think about it. I'd volunteered a lot with the children, and my degree was in childhood education, early childhood and elementary ed. So I really had never considered it, but I loved volunteering up here. And I was at Disney World, actually, and Doug Rule called. I had just gotten off a roller coaster. He's like, Amanda, we want to talk to you about something. Would you consider being the interim? And I was like, oh, well, of give course. me a little bit of time. Of course we find our minister of fun from Disney World. I was, I was. I remember exactly where I was standing. Absolutely, at, of course. Um, yes, I remember exactly where I was. And I thought, I am so ill. I just didn't feel worthy, feel equipped, yeah. I guess, to be able to do that because, um, you know, Religious education was not my background, but I've been raised in the church and been a believer, you know, raised, like I said, in believer since I was 13, but certainly understood it before then. And um, I really just couldn't imagine myself in it, but I felt like, this is a double negative, I couldn't not take it. I really (laughs) felt convicted to at least say, yes, the church has been there for me. I will serve as the interim. I still was going to teach at First Pres. And then Bruce Worf (laughs) was fairly relentless and he kept calling we think that you should do it full time. I just don't know. I really loved where I was. And again, I couldn't say no. It has been such a blessing. I would never have guessed I would be in the ministry, but what an incredible opportunity that God has given me. Well, you're so great at it. Well, you're and, you know, I mean, and there's, you know, there's, well, there's people you look at and you, you say, there's no doubt God created this person for this particular mm-hmm. task. Yeah, I, rem- I remembered, uh, remember one of the first Sundays that I was here and, and being up on the fifth floor just to kind of observe. And I remember you standing in the back and, and I think they were doing some music yeah. or something up towards the front. And, and I remember you walking over to a, a child that was sitting in the back and you just put your arms on her, your hands on her shoulders and just patted her. And I thought she's made for this job. <laughs> oh, well, you just have a, you have a heart for it. It has really been such a blessing. It really has been. I just love every aspect of it. What excites you about children's ministry? Of course, seeing a child come to know the Lord. Uh, Over this this time of quarantine, I've had two little guys so precious that have called, and one I FaceTime with. uh, It's a little Jacob Mormon. And I actually have a picture that I took of the two of us the moment he told me that he'd asked Jesus into his heart. It was during the Easter service. It is the sweetest picture. And it's like just this constant reminder of this is why you're doing what you do. You know, Mm -hmm. just the fact that I even get the privilege of hearing his conversions Mm -hmm. story is so precious. And then we had another one just the other day, little Roe Avon. And when he called, you could just hear the excitement in his voice. You could just hear like the transformation in his life. And they're young and they're starting their walk with the Lord. But it has been so precious to see. And, and didn't Roe trust in Christ from a tree? Yes, a tree? from a tree. <laughs> and what is so daddy awesome. at baptism meant in the, like the pond? <laughs> that is so incredible. I know. It's been so sweet. And I've loved getting just to know another group of kids. You know, I was very involved at First Pres just with the school. Right. And those were kind of my people. And of course, the people here as well. But that was kind of my day-to-day existence. And just the doors has opened up and the amazing families I've gotten to meet through this. And the sixth grade is so precious. I cannot bear to let them go on to youth. (laughs) Caitlin's going to get them. But I just, they have been so sweet in that bonding experience with us and going to Centricid and those times with them being able, it's very humbling to be able to somewhat invest in their lives and to see 
that just how God's going to use them. I can't wait to see what he's going to do with all of them. So it's been great. Well, while we have you here, we've yeah. got to take advantage of your um, professional expertise. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, for the parents who are watching this, um, you know, because you, you, you're dealing with the kids every day. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes our, our children can be a billboard of what's happening in mm -hmm. the home. Mm -hmm. uh, and so what advice would you give to parents as far as this particular time in their lives and things that are important right. uh, to, to instill and to shape yeah. with their kids? What, what advice would you give? You know, I think just helping them realize how important the family unit is, is a huge part of it. On Sunday, we've been doing Zooms with the sixth grade. And so this past Sunday, I said, so tell me what you've learned, what God has really shown you through this quarantine. And time and time again, those sweet sixth graders said, time with my family. Wow. And we've all been so busy. Yes. And although we're really ready for all the quarantine really to, to end at this point, what a sweet time to really invest in your children and just to invest that time with them and to help them know they are loved. This is a strange time, but God is not taken by surprise and that he's got a plan in all of this. So I think just really that trust in him and gathering on Sunday mornings to worship together, although it's not able to be in person, I think just continuing that and helping them understand this isn't something that we're not going to continue. You know, this is something that's still going to be an important part of our life, even though we can't actually be at the church building. Right. So I would really take advantage of those times and just slowing down. And I was talking to a mom and she said she prayed that she would retain these lessons. And it was actually Krista Bowen. And she said, I want to take what I've learned here and I want to be able to apply it in going into the future. And what a great prayer for all of us that we can take that slower pace, that we can maybe look at some things that we can evaluate differently, like we're talking about in sermons or in church. You know, what does church look like? What does our life look like now? And I think just really making our families and worship, corporate worship a priority, I think is really key. I think you make a good point too. Sometimes as parents, we underestimate how much our children really want to be with us. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I agree. And really with their siblings too. Right. One little girl on the Zoom, she's got three sisters and she said, I learned we can all get along. <laughs> <laughs> and what a great lesson that is. You know, that they've kind is. of been forced to get along, I guess. Yeah, so yeah, so it's really been a sweet time. And I know it's frustrating. I know parents are kind of ready to wrap it up, but I hope that we'll all be able to take the good from it. Good. Certainly. Uh, talking about lessons that we can learn, yeah. you know, coming back to your story, and yeah. some of the things that you've been through, uh, you know, you've been you've been through a lot. I mean, then and, and but what what's amazing about you is you just have the best attitude and the best spirit, and you you laugh all the time, you smile all the time, you make people feel good, and you you just have such a great uh, spirit about you. I heard somebody say one time, you know, we go through difficult things in life, and you you can choose to either be better or bitter. Yeah. And you have chose, right. you've chosen better. Mm -hmm. So I want to tap into your experience, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure, of course. Um, first of all, going through the loss of a child. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, people, people experience that and oftentimes mm -hmm. are isolated mm -hmm. and oftentimes just really mm -hmm. suffer for long yeah, periods of time. Absolutely. What advice would you give to somebody who's been through something like that? You know, in retrospect, I probably did not handle that as well as I should have. And I feel like, yeah. although I've been a believer for a mm -hmm. long time, I don't feel like my spiritual maturity was really there to understand yeah. that I needed more surrounding by, right. by loved ones, surrounding, letting people kind of bear my burden with me. So I handled that loss differently than I did the loss of my husband mm -hmm. because with the loss of my husband, 
I learned to say thank you. You know, there was a part of me that wanted to solve everything on my own and and be able to handle my own. We can't, that's what part of the body of Christ is. We're here there to come alongside one another. And this church does that like no other. And I had to learn to say thank you. I had to learn to say, yes, I do need help on this. Mm. And that's kind of a hard lesson to learn. I like to be in control and I like to figure it out on my own. But but learning to to look for help and be okay with getting the help, I think has been a huge lesson for me. That's a great point. Um, And as a single mom, you've been a single mom for several years. And so there are lots of single moms juggling uh, career and children and none of us as parents ever feel like we're Mm -hmm. any good at it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so what what would your advice be to to a single parent? I think just do your very best and you're not going to do it perfectly, but to do your best. And when you do mess up, explain to your children, I've got a lot on me right now. I maybe didn't handle that as I should have, but I love you so much. And we're, God's got us here and he's going to take care of us and we're going to get through this, even if I didn't handle that exactly right. So yeah, I think it's just that it's a daily walk. You know, it's a daily decision making and not every decision is going to be right. And you're making decisions for two people. And there are times when that is so overwhelming to me. And I really just cry out to God and I I just ask, how am I going to make this decision? Or how are we going to get to this next place in life? And time and time again, he's always faithful. Hmm. I love what you say, though. You, you, you trust in the Lord. You do your best. You trust in the Lord. Absolutely. That's all you can <laughs> yeah, do. <laughs> yeah. You know, what I, uh, what I love about your story is, it, you know, it, it's real. Now, oftentimes we think about people in church and everybody just has been floating on clouds all mm-hmm. of their lives. And, and you've, you've experienced some really difficult mm-hmm. things and learned a lot of lessons about mm-hmm. God through it. Um, but the other thing I love about your story is the emphasis on the church. And particularly today, you know, it's, <clears throat> it seems like people have really gone away from mm-hmm. the church and really de-emphasized it. It's something that I even worry about a little bit in the midst of this coronavirus mm-hmm. stuff because you, you hear oftentimes people talking about, well, the church is, you don't have to come to church to be a part of the church. And, and that's true. The church is mm-hmm. the people, as we've talked about on mm-hmm. Sunday mornings. But the gathered body of believers, it's, it's just crucial. And so in a day and time where people oftentimes remove themselves from the body of Christ or where people really don't see the value of the body of Christ or, or look at the body of Christ or gathering with the body as something I'll do if, if I don't have anything mm-hmm. else to do. Mm-hmm. Your story, mm. what would you say to, a, to somebody about church? I would say the body of believers and your church family is crucial. Mm. And it's crucial not only for you, but it's crucial for your children. It mm. really is for mm. them to be able to have godly men and women to minister to them and for them to see what that looks like. And I pray they will model that in their own yeah, families. Sure. And we've talked a lot about that, you know, yeah. raising my boys, what I want their family, I pray their families will look like. And I want it to be the examples that have been set for them here at First Baptist. Yeah. And so it's a time certainly to dig in. I, mm. It is. And if you're not, it really, you're missing out because mm. the church is here for you and the church we're all broken. None of us are perfect. Mm-hmm. And like you said, we want to be able to feel that transparency. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's really a, a need that we all have. And we are. We're all broken people here, but we are here to support one another and to love one another. God never intended for us to walk through life that's alone. That's right. Absolutely. That's the whole purpose that's of right. the church. Yes. And 
the church is really a, a much greater gift oh, than we really no understand yeah. until we go through times of struggle. Yeah, and I'm convinced that's part of why we're in Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah. I thought we'd be here two years, and First Baptist Jackson is one of the main reasons I believe we're still here. Yeah, well, we're glad you're here. <laughs> Thank we're glad you, I am too. <laughs> and listen, we're, we're glad that you all are here too. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. What a great story again of just a, a reminder that sometimes life doesn't always go the way that we plan but God is always faithful nonetheless. And, and God has a purpose for every person's life and the opportunity to experience Him. Sometimes, sometimes we just need to be reminded to just take the next step, do the next thing you know to do and, and trust the Lord and see how He works. And my goodness, God has a plan for you. God loves you. And, and we love you at First Baptist Jackson. And, and we just wanna encourage you as you've heard uh, tonight to be involved in church, to get to know people, to not try to do life on your own, but to do life with the body of Christ. So thank you, Amanda, thank so much you. for sharing so your much. story. It's been a blessing. And thank you for joining us tonight. Have a good week.